We are Dr. Sarah Bone and Dr. Lisa Tartaglia. We are both actively practicing osteopathic physicians, dual boarded in family medicine and hospice and palliative medicine. You Only Die Once is a virtual place for sharing information about serious illness, the end of life process, hospice and palliative medicine with the patient, the family, and the practitioner. You only die once, and we believe it can and should be a good death. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Dr. Lisa Tartaglia, Dr. Sarah Bohm, and we're here today to talk about dreaded medication statements. Um, this is part of our serious illness series. And we just wanted to discuss some statements that you really do not want to hear from your healthcare provider. There are some things about medicines that when your doctor says them, you think, oh, that's not good. And, and you're right, it isn't good. And if you hear some of these things, it may indicate that your, your illness is progressing and your mm -hmm. disease has become more serious. Yeah, so we, we're going to discuss basically three things that we've, we've pointed out, and please feel free to add additional things that you may have heard from your physicians, our healthcare team. Um, but one of the statements that we uh, find quite common that we hear from patients of chronic illness is they need more medications. Mm -hmm. um, patients with chronic illnesses may need more medications because their, uh, their ability to treat the symptoms, has uh, their symptom burden has increased. And their body has weakened as their disease progresses. Well, the same medicines just aren't working as mm -hmm. well as they used to. And, you know, many diseases we don't cure, we treat and we care for them. But like with blood pressure medicine, it's not like an antibiotic. You take your blood pressure medicine and then your mm -hmm. blood pressure is fine after that. You have to keep taking it because without it, your blood pressure will go up. So it treats it. It doesn't cure it. Mm-hmm. Several reasons you might find um, uh, different dosing is the ability to metabolize the medication and even genetic um, predisposition. Some, some medicines work well in some people and they don't work well in others, um, especially with uh, blood, uh, blood, blood pressure medications. Uh, I find in my population what works for one may not work for others. But when we're talking of diseases um, and diseases that are most concerning, meaning somebody that has uh, on antihypertensive medication, so patients that have hypertension, if we're adding more medications to that, that should be more concerning to you. It may not be that the medicine doesn't work anymore, but it's advanced and now you need more medicine to manage it to the same degree, to manage it to the same level. And so that's why when somebody's maybe in their 40s or 50s, they may take one medicine, and then when they're in their late 50s or 60s, they may need two medicines, and then when they're, you know, older, they may now may need three medications. Mm -hmm. So as that disease advances and progresses, you may need more medication to get the same effect. It's not that you've become immune to the medicine and it doesn't work anymore. Right. It's you need more to manage it. Yeah, diabetic patients kind of fall under the, that category. And then I like to always talk about our water pills, right? A lot of times our elderly population are taking water pills and they don't even know the significance of them. Um, they are diuretics. Mm -hmm. They're used for congestive heart failure. Mm -hmm. And if you're having to titrate or make your um, um, water pills into higher doses, that means that your heart is not functioning well. And that is not a good indicator. Yeah. That is a very poor indicator and 
poor prognostic sign. When we're talking about uh, medications, there's a word that a lot of times people hear of, it's called polypharmacy. And that's defined as anyone, uh, you know, the definition is taking more than five medications. Now that does not mean medications that are prescription strength. That means any medication. So mm -hmm. multivitamins could fall into that category, vitamin B, vitamin D. All these kind of things can fall into a sleeping pill. Maybe you take allergy medicine all, every day. Um, in nursing home patients, it's, it's nine. Nine yeah. medicines. And that, that Tylenol, uh, laxatives, uh -huh. supplements, all of those count in those nine medications. And if you've got somebody that's got a couple of disease states, maybe they've got blood pressure problems, maybe they've had a history of maybe a heart attack or a little TIA, maybe they've got some uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and diabetes, You, it's really pretty much impossible to get them under that nine medication list. What if they've got heartburn and indigestion? That counts as another med. Yeah. And they all can interact with each other. Mm -hmm. As we age, our metabolism may change, our ability to um, metabolize those medications may change, maybe our absorption changes, mm -hmm. the distribution because maybe our fat to muscle so ratio is changes. different, mm -hmm. the protein in our blood may bind some of those medications and if we have less protein, maybe those medications have more free mm -hmm. uh, medication present in our bloodstream so that it, it, it's all um, very dynamic. Yeah, and they're all interrelated. Um, as palliative physicians, it's our job to de-prescribe, meaning to try to eliminate medications that are unnecessary. But as Dr. Bone said, that's almost impossible because if you look at somebody that has more than one um, chronic illness, they they are de they're definitely going to have about two medications per chronic illness, and mm -hmm. most of our patients have three, four, or five. The major problem with po uh, polypharmacy is that every medicine has a side effect, mm -hmm. and um, we call that the double effect. So you've got the good effect that you want, but mm -hmm. then there may be side effects that you don't want that are really kind of undesirable. And so sometimes you have to let the patient know what those side effects are because it, they are you know, part of this and they get to choose those side effects are undesirable for me, I, that's not mm -hmm. acceptable for me, um, you know, I, you've either got to find something else or I'm not going to choose to treat that. And we have to allow patients to make those choices. It's our responsibility to tell them the risks and benefits of whether it's the medication or, or treating or not treating an illness so they can make an educated decision as to how they want to proceed. Yeah. One of the examples I like to talk about with the double effect is our hospice medications. I know this is not a hospice video, but we are hospice and palliative medicine physicians. So a lot of times our hospice comfort medications get such a bad rap because they do cause um, sometimes more sleepiness, um, more harm per se, less wakefulness as we're symptom managing. But what you have to realize is I always try to educate patients and families that when patients are more comfortable, they're able to rest easier and in turn their body will be able to shut down. It's not the medication hastening the diet process. It's the disease being able to take over mm -hmm. and the patient's able to rest because oftentimes um, it's inherent that the body wants to be in the fight or flight to mm -hmm. live. Mm -hmm. it's, it's easier to live than it is to die. And when we reach those last few moments and minutes of our life, we want our loved one to be comfortable. We don't want to hasten mm -hmm. the end of life. We don't want to sedate them through it, but we do want them to be comfortable. And so if 
you know, you're struggling, you're in pain, you're, you have symptoms that are not being well managed, that's not a good, peaceful end of life. You yeah. want them to be comfortable. And if they're comfortable, they may be sleeping. You know, mm -hmm. I know that if I'm uncomfortable, it's really difficult for me to sleep. If I've got a sinus headache, I feel restless, mm -hmm. I, you know, toss and I turn, I can't breathe through one side or the other, and so I'm restless. And restlessness may be all that they have. You may just, they may not be able to say, hey, I heard or I'm uncomfortable. You may just see that they're, you know, have a furrowed brow, mm -hmm. that they're maybe breathing more rapidly, that they're yeah. kind of kicking their legs with a curl up mm -hmm. into, you know, more of a fetal, fetal type position. Right. We want it comfortable. Yeah. Our second um, uh, topic that we're going to discuss with is, is not tolerating. That, you know, that word we hear, not tolerating the medications. You know, people may not think that that's a big deal, but for us it is. Yeah. You don't want so many side effects, they don't want to take a medication. Mm -hmm. There's a variety of reasons as to why patients don't tolerate the medications, right? For example, patients could have underlying allergies to the medication, so that could be why the patients stop. Our body size could change. So uh, like Dr. Bohm was saying earlier, you know, our body composition changes, so the absorption of the medication changes. Um, genetics, again, plays a role in that. And then also the presence of underlying diseases. The diseases could worsen to the point where it's not beneficial um, to take those medications. Are we getting drug-drug interactions where these two medications don't agree with each other? And so one of them causes a little bit of nausea, and the other one causes a little bit of nausea, and the two together make it just so the patient Horrible. can't tolerate it. So sometimes we need to look at what that side effect profile and not everybody, every person has read the book. So the book says this is how the patient's mm -hmm. going to respond, but sometimes patients don't respond the way that the book says they are. You know, for instance, I had a, a, a patient one time and she was probably early 60s and she came into my office because she recently had a, a small heart attack. It had not been a major incident, but she did have to get a stent placed. And the cardiologist said, you really need to be on this beta blocker. And so he put her on one and it was giving her side effects, side effects of depression, mm. pretty severe depression yes. in just a few weeks. So she'd been discharged from the hospital. She had a two week follow up with me and she could already tell. She said, I feel like there's a cloud over me. Mm. I don't want to take this medicine. It makes me feel really bad and not like sick bad but mentally makes me feel bad and I said you're on the lowest dose there is I'm gonna have you stop it come back and see me in a week you're supposed to see him in two weeks from now I want to see you next week and we'll see what your blood pressure is doing she came back to see me in a week she said I already feel better that cloud is has wow. lifted from me and I said then stay off your medicine and go to the cardiologist and tell him you know, how you feel. And so she went and of course she said, nope, you got to take that medicine. You really need to be on that medicine. You've had a heart attack. So you got to take that medicine. So she went home, started on the medicine. She came and saw me another week later. She goes, Dr. Bone, I cannot take that medicine. You, do, you just don't know how bad it makes me feel. And I said, I want you to stop it again. And I'm going to call him. And so I called him and I said, it makes her feel really bad. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, have her come and see me. So she went down there to see him and she told him I'm feeling better off the medicine. He goes, yeah, but you've had a heart attack. And she says, wait a minute, Dr. Bone said, I need to explain to you just how bad it makes me feel. She said, when I get home from work at night and I close the garage door, I don't want to turn the car off. Wow. And he said, oh, then don't take that medicine. So we need to know if you're having a side effect and how bad that side effect is so we can make a collaborative discussion and decision about what's appropriate for you. And also know that if you're having these symptoms, 
don't just, uh, you know, take it at face value of what the physician's saying. Advocate for yourself. I mean, when we're talking about symptoms of nausea, vomiting, increased confusion, hallucinations, some people get abdominal pain. They will have this horrible dry mouth, um, diarrhea, and some medicines cause a cough. I mean, these are things that are very disruptive. I have mm -hmm. to... You can't sleep at night because you're no, coughing. You can't. And, and the dry mouth can be horrible. You know, in hospice setting, we use the patch that's called, a, you know, years ago, a scopolamine patch to help with... Um, you know, help with secretions. When people are dying, they get more secretions in their chest and it's caused the death rattle. Well, I went on my first cruise and I put, you know, I was like, big, big shot. Let me throw my scopolamine patch on because I get seasick. Well, I will never forget the first night on the ship. I woke up um, in the middle of the night and I couldn't breathe because my mouth was so dry and I ripped the, the patch off and I was like, Oh my God, within hours I started to feel better, but I actually was almost having a panic attack. I felt woozy when I, I wore a scopolamine patch. Really? It was for the same thing. I just got woo. Wow. I was, I was dopey. I, I, I thought this is how you feel when you're on a cruise. It made me so miserable for the first 24 to 48 hours of my seven day cruise. I thought I was not going to be able to go on a cruise. So it's just important to advocate for yourself. If you, you know your body better than anyone else. And um, you should make sure that uh, you're advocating for yourself. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about tolerance. Yeah. Is tolerance the same thing as not tolerating? No. Tolerance is really, um, by definition, it's a condition that occurs in the body um, as we get used to medication. So as we get used to medication, you either need more medicine to manage the symptoms or in some cases... Um, doing the more medicine gives you the double effect. Like we said, this, um, the side effects are worse, so we need to change medication. Mm -hmm. So it's not the same as uh, not tolerating. It's a different um, category altogether. And sometimes tolerance isn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they may, they may start you on a medicine. There's a medicine that we use for people with, like, the pins and needles sensation in their feet. And one of the side effects is it makes them drowsy. And so we'll start them on a low dose. We'll start them at <clears> bedtime. <throat> and then they say, oh, it's not making me so drowsy anymore. Then we may give them the, a little higher dose at bedtime. And then we'll work our way actually backward around the clock so that as they learn to tolerate that side effect and they're not made as drowsy, then they can actually take more medication to help eliminate that pins and needles, mm -hmm. creepy crawly, you know, they, I think they had a commercial that they ran for a while. It showed either like bees or ants on their feet. I'm glad they took that one off the, <laughs> off the TV because that was kind of creepy. But if you can't tolerate the medicine you may be able to get to where you could tolerate those side effects. Mm -hmm. So tolerance can be meaning it can refer to several different things about the medicine. Right. Our third um, dreaded medication statement is uh, third line treatments. You know, a lot of times patients are told, you know, okay, we've, we've done the first line that was not effective. We've done the uh, second line, still not getting the right results, so let's go third line. When I think of third line treatments, I think of our cancer patients, mm -hmm. usually chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. um, and this means that the treatment failed. That's and a dirty F word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It failed. really is a dirty F word because it's important to recognize that this is because your loved one is very ill. And when both the first line and the second line fail, and then you have to also know that sometimes the third line isn't as good. Right? Yeah, or the third line has a lot of side effects. Mm -hmm. And we want to point out that it's the medicine that failed, not, not the patient. Yes, that's so important. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes our verbiage and the way we talk to patients is so 
important to the psyche because mm -hmm. if we use negative connotations, they feel like it's them, the person. Yeah. I didn't do well with that mm -hmm. or I couldn't tolerate that. No, the medicine was harsh mm -hmm. and the medicine had a lot of side effects. You, you couldn't handle the medication and it's or not because there's something wrong with you, but sometimes these medicines just are not something that people can easily take and, and get through. Exactly. Exactly. So to summarize today's topic, um, we, we just want to let you know that we hope this video helps you understand and, and appreciate the dreaded medication statements. We hope that you are able to um, learn from this and be able to advocate for both yourself and your loved ones if you're ever presented with any of these statements. Um, always make a list of questions to ask your healthcare provider, even if it's um, in real time. Sometimes, you know, I'll hear from patients saying, oh, well, they told me I've asked too many questions, I have to save it. Well, then make sure you make a follow-up appointment pretty quickly or call to speak to their nursing team. Uh -huh. Communicate with them, ask them the hard questions about the medication, and talk to them about what quality means to you, if uh, tolerating a side effect is gonna make quality not so well. You know, it. It, it is your disease, it is your life, it is your quality of life, and we shouldn't be making those decisions for you and trying to guide you into something that's not acceptable for you. But we do want you to understand that we're concerned about your illness, that it has become serious, mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that we care for you in the way that you want to be taken care of. Yeah. And we love loaded questions, Dr. Bone and I. You know, when, when the family asks, you know, what would you do if this was your relative? This is a good question. It really is, and I think it's a fair question. Mm -hmm. So please, uh, please ask those questions. One other comment that I had is sometimes a physician will tell a patient, you need to take this forever. And we, we get those Another comments. Word. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you mean forever? Forever's five years and forever and ever seven, mm -hmm. ten. So, you know, th these medicines and our health is dynamic and changing. We may not need to take it to the very end of life. It yeah. may not be the best choice. So we really need to be open-minded about how long we're going to take those medications. Yeah, and as and for all you that are healthcare providers, just man, watch your language and the way you speak to the patients because you have the rapport as a primary care physician with your patient, and they are going to believe they're forever. And then when there's people like us that are coming in as the palliative medicine team, they can see that the medication is causing more harm. It is very hard to get patients to stop them. So in summary, this is a video about medications and how medication changes may indicate that your illness has become more serious. And we would just like to, to empower you all with the information that you've gained. Please add any comments um, in the comment section or send us any emails if you have any questions. We'd like to hear from our viewers of what you hear when you go to uh, physicians' offices and just know um, that we're here to support you and we hope that uh, all this information we're giving you will help you become and make powerful and educated decisions for your loved ones. Thank you for listening today. You can also find us on YouTube, channel name, You Only Die Once. If you have any specific questions you would like us to address, please feel free to send us an email at youonlydieoncedos at gmail.com. That's youonlydieoncedos at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you again soon.